Hey, I'm Jack. And I'm Chad. And if you're listening to this podcast, you may be wondering, where can I get my hands on the rule book to this amazing game they're playing? Well, you're in luck because Legends, the superhero role-playing game, is now available for purchase on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, Chapters Indigo, select comic and game stores, and even off our website, www.matchplaygames.ca. So if you've ever dreamt of battling injustice, pick up a copy of Legends, the superhero role-playing game. The world can always use another superhero. recording on that screen and not the other one because i don't need my stats up on the big monitor exactly. anymore like, Hello, why is it everybody? so big today yeah why do we have space phrasing, phrasing. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so jack you have a story to tell i actually have uh, one story that leads into another story oh two <laughs> okay, stories to tell. So like nice. one, stories. one i'd like to formally apologize to barbara brennan i got a haircut today because um i really badly needed a haircut and i know i should have come to you and i sincerely regret not coming to you because this was the most fucking aggressive barber I have ever been to. He did all the non-good barber etiquette, like blowing me in the eye with the hair dryer and absolutely <laughs> like stomping on my head with a brush. And at one point when he was like, all right, how much are we taking off the top? This much? And I said, oh, no, I, I, I'd, like, I'd like my hair to be a bit longer up there. And I think he took a bit longer as in like longer off the top. I don't know, because he definitely he went, okay. And then cut off that amount and then went for a second pass and cut it shorter. I was like, thank you. You've made a grave mistake, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Always go to Barbara Brennan. Yeah, he was, he was very aggressive. Very, very aggressive. I'm due for a haircut. Anyways, so after, after that, too. I was in the mall and I quickly went to go buy the hobby store because um, I, I wanted to get a hobby knife because um, I've been building little Warhammer minis recently. And I realized that they're very good for like cutting off like little mold lines and burrs. Mm-hmm. And there is a guy who used to be in musical theater at Cap, I believe. Oh, who, who was there? there? Graham, I think. I think Graham. it was in theater. I don't know. Is he but, tall? But he's, he's yeah, he's tall, oh, and he's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. super duper um, nice. Yeah, I I know exactly who you're talking about. I think he did the acting program. Oh, oh acting. Okay. There you go. Yeah, nice. sounds familiar. He's super nice. Shout out to Graham. Hey, um, Graham. He was in so, uh, hairspray. I think. So he's super nice, and I, I like I like chat with him every single time I go in the store, because um, he knows Hannah. And then one time I went in with Hannah, because yeah, he was in and, hairspray, and they were and they were talking to each other. And then she introduced me, and like every single time we talk to each other, right? And I didn't see him at first in the store, so I just I bought the hobby knife, and then I saw him on the way out, and he was like, "Oh hey," and I was like, "Oh hey, how's it going?" And he's like, "He was like, oh going good, whatever." And he's like, "Happy Thanksgiving." And sometimes when I get flustered, I stutter, and I went, "Happy Thanksgiving." Happy, have, have it, and then I just kind of like head down, like walked to the store. I was like, "Happy Thanksgiving," right? And like, I, I, for some reason, I just couldn't get it out, and I got, and then I stuttered really badly. And I know that this is not good to do because I shouldn't be hard on myself. But I was walking to the store. I was like, "Happy blah blah blah," you fucking idiot! Right? And I was just being like, <laughs> like I was being really hard on myself, and I said that right as like a little old man walked into my view, <laughs> and he hundred percent heard me say happy blubber you fucking idiot and he looked at me with the most sad eyes and then looked down and kept walking i was like oh oh man i'm sorry little old man 
I was not calling you a fucking idiot. I was calling myself a fucking idiot. Oh, no. Well, I hope he's listening to this so he can understand the the full story. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Also, we were um, cleaning up at my place today. And um, for my birthday, Hannah got me a pinata. And we had a little pinata stick. And and because we were like playing with the cats with it for the past few weeks. And um, we were getting rid of it. And I was like, you know, it'd be like the dumbest superpower ever is like constructs, but only through blunt, blunt force trauma. <laughs> you can create it. So you just call yourself pinata. So every time like you get hit, you can like create a construct. So like every time you get hit, something like pops. Exactly. Uh... Just like it just pops up. But yeah, it is incredible. It, it I mean, only... that's basically united if he had constructs because of the, yeah, the exactly. whole so <laughs> it's like stamina thing. Perhaps the amount of HP and damage you take turns into how much stamina you can use on making a construct. Could you imagine like you get hit by a car and then like pull out a minigun or something? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Q-N-A. Q-N-A. <laughs> Who wants to ask the first question? Oh, I, okay, so Q&A time. All Let's right. do it. Um, I have one and I think this is a great one to start us off with. And uh, it's from Captain Omega. Um, so thank you, Captain. Their question is, what made you pick the power set you did for the characters? And did you take any inspiration from any pre-existing characters? I thought that was a great one to start us off with. Yeah. Um, Poison Ivy. I wanted, I, I am such a DC fan. I love DC comics. So when I started creating Persephone, I was like, I want something that uh goes back to my roots. Uh, hey. Um so I was reading uh the Gotham City Sirens comics and I was like Poison Ivy would be great as a superhero. So I decided to create her in Persephone, but like make her good and Persephone-ish. I also love <laughs> plants and the color green and Greek <sighs> mythology. Okay. Side note, there's a new Poison Ivy comic out and it's supposed to be fantastic. Really? It's like It's like four or five issues in and it's supposed to be like super, super, super good. I need to get on that. Thank you. Um, I wanted to play a character in our previous play tests. I had played um, much more like ranged characters. Um, if you have the book, um, you can see Ultraviolet's in the book. That's my character who is like force fields and psionics and invisibility. And then I had an, an archer character named Artemis. Um, so who's I, not in the book. who's not in the book, uh, but I just, I wa- so I wanted to play a character w- that was more like up close and personal brawler type character. Um, and then originally I really, I really like playing with like, like opposites in characters. So originally I wanted, I was thinking of making her like Gretchen from recess, like just like tall and gangly, like you wouldn't expect her to be super strong. Um, and just like really kind of klutzy and awkward. Um, and then that kind of fell back when we discussed um, like doing like a military background with her. And then it kind of came up with the, oh, she grew a foot when she gained her powers thing. Um, and it just kind of le- lent it. I was I leaned more just into the intelligence rather than um, being awkward, even though she still is awkward. <laughs> I did not take any inspiration from pre-existing characters, I guess, then, really, which is odd for me. But here we are. <laughs> I think with Asher, I wanted a character that didn't have any, like, overt air quotes powers, like almost magic-based mm, powers cool. in mm-hmm. a way. I wanted him to stay very human. 
Um, and so that's kind of why I picked stuff that feasibly a regular person could kind of do. He's just cool. much better at it. Um, and I think as far as a character that I had in mind when creating him, uh, just think Ezio Auditore from... Uh, yeah. From Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, yeah. <laughs> Ezio! I love him. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. That checks out. Um, I kind of... Uh, it's, it's, it's actually... I thought it was an easy question, but it's actually kind of a hard question. Um, originally... Uh, I think I've mentioned this only nine million times. Uh, my favorite uh, comic book character is Captain America, and I love the idea that it's not just about beating up bad guys, but it's about mm-hmm. standing for something greater. Um, that's why I'm also I love Superman. Those are my two favorites. Um, and so when Jack and I were talking to begin with, um, we both agreed that that would be. It, it's a little boring if that's the way it is to begin with, and so we actually. I think my first idea for a character was more like United Senior. Hmm. And then we thought that it might be fun to mm-hmm. play. You kind of worked backwards with him. I did. Personality I did. wise. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I like that. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I think that's really interesting. Like, at, like in role playing, like thinking about, like, I think that you and I have completely different opposite takes on like character building and the fact that like I created this character and i was like i don't know we'll see where she goes whereas you had like relatively clear goals with your character i I think so yeah but there were certainly some some things along the way that changed as it went oh absolutely absolutely but But, like you had the idea of of like you wanted him to end up as united not as atomic whereas like Mm, I, I very much like the entire time was like I don't want spoilers like i just want to like see what happens kind of a thing i what the I, I had it like in my head and then it just disappeared. Um, it's interesting that you set up your character with the journey in mind. Whereas I feel like with mine, I set mine up to be ready for a journey, but I didn't know where it was going to end up going. I like very that. Good, that was good. good. That I was like very that Spider-Man responsibility-esque. I liked that. No, no, no. no. It's, just, it's not even like necessarily the responsibility of it, but like I'd set, I would set Asher up in a way as like, I mm-hmm. don't know where he's going to grow, but I want him to grow somehow. Yeah, no, it was very mm-hmm. cool. I like whereas that. I, I think with Chad, it, much more like I know the story that I want to tell here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the beauty of improv, though, is you can have the best idea or what you think is the best mm-hmm. idea, and it goes in a very different way, right? So it's the same as building characters in theater, mm-hmm. right? Lots of it's, there's mm-hmm. always different ways to do things, and uh, whether it's you know you don't build your character until you get your costume, or you write out an entire backstory and you know where your character is going to be ten years after the show finishes, or you know, whatever. There's no, I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's just, yeah. no, it's not just at fun all. to do. I'm dying to know though, um, Crimson Crusader. What was, what was your, <laughs> Oh yeah. Cow. Moo cow. Moo cow. Um, no, Crimson Crusader came from the idea. I mean, like, uh, kind of inspired by a little Batman, a lot of daredevil, mm-hmm. um, a lot of college humor, Batman specifically, college humor, <laughs> Batman specifically. <laughs> Um, I'm Batman, and then small boy Sunday and then, uh, Yeah, like kind of going from there, like and thinking that that would be like a fun character voice to do, and then also what's like the stupidest way that he could have gotten his powers, just for like a, just some more fun. What was originally supposed to be just kind of a like one and done character, <laughs> and I, and I do like pointing out that in writing the book, 
Jack was the one who always said things had to be serious and we had to be, you know, we can't be too crazy and too ridiculous. And <laughs> yes. then he busts out the kicked by a radioactive the, cow. Well, well because, because, <laughs> because I think that it is, is, is much better to set a serious tone first and then dive into mm-hmm. comedy and jokes and things like that. But set, set the tone first. Yeah. So that then instead of if you set a comedic tone first, then you try and go into more dramatic and serious stuff. It can feel forced and feel uh, kind of shoehorned in. And also like a lot of people would just think like, well, when's the joke coming type mm-hmm. of thing? Versus if you do the other way, it can be like, I mean, you have to balance it no matter what. But yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Um, kind of along the same lines. This question is from no name in the discord. Um, cause it's kind of along the same lines. How did your idea of legends and idea for your character change and evolve from when you start, first started playing, uh, since it's been a long time since you started the podcast. And I'm curious, how did your views of it change now we're at the end? So I, I think we kind of already answered that's how I'm just, Cause like I, I set up Tracy with like not a lot of, um, like not a lot of journey planned. Um, like where she was, like I had a lot of backstory for her that she just like, was did had nothing left not 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 nothing left to do that sounds like a, like very sad but she was just like kind of by herself she and felt dead ended she was pretty de- she was dead ended yeah at that point so like she had a lot of like opportunity um and you and mm, she had and daniel kind of also are you maybe answered this one a little bit i don't know sorry repeat the question again <laughs> yeah i how did your idea of legends and the idea for your character change and evolve from when you first started playing i think I think I got all the stuff that I wanted, like story points that I wanted to explore with Asher out of the way, actually, like within the first half of this season, I think. Um, And I think after, like, especially starting with going to space, Mm -hmm. I I think I was just kind of along for the ride at that point. Like, I didn't have any plans beyond that. Mm -hmm. I think exploring, like, the losing the hand was a a fun little thing. But beyond that, that, I didn't really, like have anything that I felt like I had to get into this story to explore Ash, right? That I just wanted it to be more like we see what he does as opposed to me like getting a specific story point in. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a little bit similar to Daniel as in like I create my character with I I create my character and then I kind of want to see where she goes. I want to discover with her in a way like go into the journey with her and figure it out with her where she ends up. I definitely knew that I wanted uh, Abigail to be more of like, well, how I created her, she was definitely like bright eyes. Everything is very new to her. And I wanted her to finish more mature and sure of herself. So we definitely, I feel like we definitely got there in a way. Um, But I didn't have anything specific like Chad with how, how I wanted her to end like I wanted like you wanted your character to end as United I didn't really know where I wanted her to end all I knew is that I wanted her to end differently I, I think how I think, she started like even just even just like all the, the fact that all of us changed our our hero names I think was a little bit of a was was not planned at all. No, mm-hmm. and then we no. all came into the session we we're like we all have new names. That was and just kind of like, yeah, okay. us, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like figuring things out with my character and that is like one of the things that I wanted to do for sure in this podcast is just like discover the world that the two of you created with my character. I think it's 
and I hope it doesn't come across like you're talking about, you know, building a character and having the end goal in mind. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, but everything else is up in the air. Up in the air, no, right? No, no, yeah. but like, like for instance, but even even then, like you 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 changed your name from Atomic to United. Oh, yes. Like that switch happened very early on, oh, for right? Sure, for sure. But mm-hmm. that was a goal that you, the actor, had for yep. your yep. Mm-hmm, your character. But I was going to say there was there was something, and and actually, there's a question later on that has kind of pertains to this, but. I think this this fits. Um, I don't. I always believe in the 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 no killing rule. Right. Right. Mm. Like to me, I mean, Captain America. Yes, you know, obviously killed in World War Two or whatever. But but right. you know, a Superman doesn't kill. But right? Nazis yeah. don't count. And, <laughs> and, and Nazis don't count. Um, and you know, other than you know, you have the aliens and that sort of thing, right. and that's they're just mindless hordes like the Chitari or whatever. But when we got into that fight with regicide that was i think we all entered that fight knowing exactly where we were ready to go yeah but not to begin with like no you know um uh staying kind of with the character related questions this is from Ina anya anya Anya. thank you uh this is from anya uh and this one's specifically for emily Tracy related question was it an active choice not to bring her family slash military background into the story or did it just not fit in organically? Because Daniel over here was always curious about that as well. Oh yeah. Amanda, Jack, do you, Jack, do you want to take this one or? Yes. I, 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 I know what my point of view of it is, but you talk first because you haven't talked in a while. Um, I would love to know your opinion on it as well, but I feel like there were times when the opportunity kind of presented itself, but it was in a way that to me did not feel like it would have felt more shoehorned in. And it was like almost like checking a box, like it had to kind Mm -hmm. of happen. Mm -hmm. Like I thought of actually when Tracy was in the dimension with other Tracy and they discovered like the D bleed power sharing between them and everything was to have a scene where alternate tracy invites real tracy over for dinner with the fam and to have like a family yeah. like dinner and like see like what could have been type of thing and then i was like honestly at that point i think it's not i don't think it's the best to put in because we've gone 90 plus other episodes with only mentioning them kind of in passing and because they're literally on the other side of the world and they weren't i thought like like with 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 asher dealing with his dad was an important story beat with united dealing with his grandpa was an important like story beat like core to the character i think like and and same with like discovering um abigail's heritage and her family was Mm -hmm. an important story point and then for tracy it was more about not leaving but being her own person without that family Mm -hmm. stuff so and i think that one can do that without even having that family interaction yeah and that if it did become it would have also been like a, maybe a little bit repetitive that everybody else had had like a family interaction. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's okay that Tracy doesn't. And Tracy is like her own person and everything without the family. Like she's already dealt with family stuff. And just to like kind of toss it into the end and be like, oh, this is what it could be. was like, eh, yeah, I don't think it's needed. Yeah. No, we talked about it a bit. And I was just like this. Yeah. It's, it's not n- needed for her. I, like, like if, if you put like a, what could have been situation in front of her, like, I don't I don't think that it would impact her <laughs> um, uh. like <laughs> like m- very like negatively 
or positively like yeah. I, I it, it just it would happen and it would just kind of be there I think exactly um, and, and also like to think on like a time scale as well like this is like Tracy would have been a scene where Tracy can see what her family could have been like but this is also like 15 years after 15 the fact 15 years so. after the fact it's like she at some point would have made her peace with it and she's yeah she's good <laughs> yeah being we love a found family trope yeah so um but yeah no we talked we did we did we talked about it a couple of times mm-hmm. um uh we also talked about i don't know if you if you remember this dad but we talked about the possibility of her sister being on the north american team in the oh, global uh, defense the, network the, like the new centurions yeah, yeah we, like we, we talked about yeah. that even because in the backstory like uh her older sister was engaged so she could have been married with a different last name and there's no way that atticus would have known that it was her sister kind of a thing mm-hmm. and it just like it yeah it just it, it just never because even out that and, might be like a little bit forced yeah. in, in terms of like that's definitely something like she could totally be on the team but to have it like just specifically she's on the team and then we can include it in the podcast like but all, even all that, that it's still like, like 10 years later and yeah like i i, I kind of like i i like the i think that strong arm kyle maybe encourages her to reach out to her sister at at some point but i don't yeah it's just it's not it's not needed yeah mm-hmm. she doesn't need that anymore i think it's also nice in that like everybody else had like direct family involvement in mm-hmm. the show whereas i think for you like obviously the family is still involved but it can be more of this like shadowy looming thing that we know you're dealing with but we don't need to see yeah. it actually happen no and it's yeah it's just it's there and it yeah it just doesn't need to be a huge thing well, yeah i think it would have felt worse though yeah a uh, question from elizabeth uh for papa jack what is the process like for coming up with a plot for each arc? Do you come up with an alternative ending? Um, for the arcs, I I kind of went through a bit of a different process for each one coming up with them. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first one, because also at the same time, like I know that it's improvisational storytelling and I don't want it to all be railroaded. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like, like the very first one, what I did was I wrote down a whole bunch of ideas of like an, and kind of settled on the overarching story, bounced a lot of ideas um, off of off of Chad as well um, for it to to create it and kind of hone in on this idea. Um, and I just take like a lot of inspiration from like what I'm currently reading and watching and all this stuff. And then also so with that arc, it was like come up with an overarching idea and then also I had a list of a whole bunch of like one shot ideas Mm -hmm. and that's where I like interspersed things and then also like connecting things like like stuff with like um the collective Mm -hmm. like that was originally like doing like kind of like a sewer like raid type of thing was just like a one shot idea and then it ended up being like working its way into the overarching story and stuff like that um and then I knew that I always wanted to do something with like Dr. Baker and I kind of had that on the back burner and I was like oh well doing like a clone style arc would be really cool. And then I was like, Oh, I could like take that character. So it's kind of like along the way, like picking bits and pieces and coming up with like an overarching idea first. Mm -hmm. And I do my best to like, I have in mind of like what I think a cool ending would be, but I don't like plan it out in terms of that because Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's collaborative improvisational storytelling. So it's like the amount of times that I've had an idea of like where one thing will go and then it doesn't go that way like all the time like i genuinely did not expect the queen you to kill the queen like i genuinely i genuinely thought that you were gonna work out something else and like like i i didn't have like a rule in mind of like 
how that would have worked or anything. And I, but I, I genuinely did not expect you to kill the queen. And then I was like, oh, the queen is dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like I was like, okay. Like, so yeah. And uh, like, I low key expected Zenith to be killed. Huh? Right. So it's like, it, it's like, I have, I have like an idea of like, maybe if like I was a player, I would go into this type of thing. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like, yeah, I just leave it open-ended. So. Have you uh, ever tried to kind of lead us towards an end that you really wanted to go to? Or were you always like, this is what I have planned. If it goes somewhere else, I'll just improvise. On a micro level, yes. On a macro level, no, I would say. Um, like there have been moments where like for like little like mini parts or like one shots and stuff like that mm-hmm. I definitely go for like leading in certain directions to mm-hmm. get to elicit a response like case in point being like uh, when you guys were doing the time loop the rift time loop and you ran into Asher's dad who had been stuck there the whole time right. like I definitely like the whole point of that was to have I think I even wrote in the GM modes like big Asher cry moment or something like that. Like, <laughs> like Asher daddy cry moment or, or like something like that. Because like, it's like, that's, I wanted to elicit. And that's not to say like you had like a big cry moment or anything like that, but it was definitely like, I wanted to, I planned like an emotional story beat mm-hmm. and that works to help guide. And I think that like, and I don't think that that's necessarily railroading, but it definitely, it works better for like directing the group where I kind of see something going on a micro sense. Mm-hmm. It works better, but on a macro scale, it's it's too hard without keeping everybody just on rails, and I don't right. want to do that. If that makes sense, right? It makes sense. Yeah. It's the age old um, GM DM problem. Yeah, and like, yeah. there's definitely been moments as well where it's like I have like an idea. I'm like, mm, they're gonna do this like on a micro scale, and then. Um, and then we're like, fuck you, we're going to do something completely and, and, and different. Yeah, you're, you're like, fuck you, we're going to do something completely different. I was like, well, but I had this cool thing planned. Well, good thing the next episode, it's actually this. And it's just like repurposed. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it's like, I think, I forget I forget who said it, but I watched like an interview once. It might have been an interview with like Matthew Mercer or something where it's like, okay, King. so you have the option to go to this really, really cool town with all this cool stuff or this like dank, disgusting forest. And all the players are like, oh, let's go into this dank, disgusting forest. And you're like, <laughs> Well, guess what? There's this really cool forest town inside. <laughs> it's, like, it's the illusion of choice. Yeah. Um. And and I think that helps a lot as well, right? Because it's like, like in my mind, it helps me direct where the story is going to go. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, it's not necessarily railroading everybody because I don't want to just your character says this, your character feels this type of thing. And another follow up from Amanda. Hi. Um... <laughs> Long time listener. Yeah, long time listener, big time fan. Did you submit this question? In no, I, it just came into <laughs> Was my brain. This approved? It just came into my brain. Did you ever? Someone else has to ask it. This question's from Amanda. Okay, this question is from Amanda. Um, did you ever lie about any of your roles? All the time, literally all the time. The sake of storytelling. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Any that's that's not a fair question because any GM or DM ever answers yes to yeah. that question if yeah. they're honest there, you have to there has been times where i have like a really cool idea in mind of something that like the villain will do and it's it, it it's cool for a story beat mm-hmm. and i roll on that one and i'm like so he does this because <laughs> like, it's 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 it, i i will put and this will be evident later because i think there's a few mechanical questions about how i design like villains and stuff like that mm-hmm. but generally speaking the narrative in it, like 
and it, like we wrote the game we wrote the mechanics i do try and follow the mechanics as best as possible mm-hmm. but when it comes to a collaborative improvisational storytelling there are allowances i will make myself because i do think that it is a narrative first mm-hmm. over mechanics and like there's even been times when there's been something really 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 super cool and sorry to like ruin a little bit of immersion out there but we've done a re-roll and a retake <laughs> for some of the players because it's such a cool or impactful thing and like a not one is rolled and it's like you know what if it was if it was live it yeah. would change i think but oh, because yeah. it's like it is as improvisational as possible with a little bit of of, of creative leeway i would say mm-hmm. and like like I, I know I joke and I say I do it all the time. I do try and stick to it as much as possible. But when it when it makes the most narrative and most impactful sense, I have fudged rolls. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> and also and also it works both ways as well. If like all of a sudden, um, you guys are having like a shitty roll night, the, the some of the villains take a little hit on their defense and their like defense goes <laughs> down. Like I have a number in mind, and I've gone like there's been times before where I'm like yeah their defense they're really hard to hit it's like a 16 and then like everybody's missing and somebody's like does a 12 hit and I'm like sure fucking does yeah <laughs> like, like cause it's just otherwise you're just gonna be sitting here forever and it's oh, not yeah. fun just to constantly be missing and stuff like mm-hmm. that so yeah I do I, and I think that's I think that's the key is the, ma- the majority of the time absolutely you follow the dice rolls and be it be it as it may but yeah we're telling a story right a exactly. so time caveat yeah. though a big time caveat, because this is important to know, is that with the exception of CC, he genuinely just rolls once. I'm not even kidding. Like there was like actually, it's like to be expected. I, I would be like, all right, well, CC's gonna do this cool thing. He's probably gonna fucking fail. I'd roll and it'd be like a two. And I'm like, yeah, well, he failed because seven. <laughs> not, not great. Yeah. So yeah, like CC genuinely just rolled really shit a lot of the time and that was like i would say 99.9 percent of his stuff was actually genuine accurate to mechanics <laughs> just really piss poor just awful stuff and he we love him anyways like that was he for is. comedic gold yeah yeah okay next question thank you for answering all my follow-up yeah, no questions i have one but we'll save it for the crafting character section are we in? Weren't we? Weren't, didn't we do a crafting character? No, Jack said he had stuff about like crafting. crafting villains ah. and stuff. Um, from Morgan Collins for Chad: Would the members of Dawn's team <laughs> be honorary aunts and uncles for Atticus's daughter? Because you know that any character named after me would be belching a fart in front of her to make her laugh and quite possibly taking her to cuss. <laughs> we did. We did uh, name. We did name that character after Morgan. So, um, he's the Tusker, right? Yeah, he was the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so one hundred percent, yes. 100%. Uh, they're all honorary aunts and uncles. Uncle uh, Crunchy. Uncle Crunchy. Yeah. For, uh, for little Addie. And uh, yeah, bring it on. Bring it on, Morgan. It's all good. Uh, okay. Uh, from No Name. Cast members. Uh, oh, your characters are all given a wish, uh, wish spell. What do you do with it? With the wish spell from D&D? The one that's basically just like, do whatever, do whatever the fuck you want? Yeah. That's a good question. World peace. Chocolate cake. <laughs> I want my Fuck head. off. Seriously. Jack. Okay. <laughs> no, that's the CC. That's not Jack. Okay. Yeah, Jack doesn't like Cece? cake. Okay, CC, good. Yeah, but Jack, his entire life. That's not true. I like cake. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. You're right. I don't like icing. Icing is fucking poopy, poopy, over sugary garbage that just has a terrible <laughs> texture. It's the same as pudding. It's the same as yogurt and icing. They're fucking rank. They suck. They suck. They're so bad. They're so bad. Why do I want to put mud into my mouth? 
even even sugary mud. It's just tastes so fucking bad. But I've said this my whole life. Cake, the baked good, the pastry, Betty Crocker, great person. Just make me the fucking cake and don't ice it. Excellent. Glazes, mwah, delicious. Glazes, nothing but good things to say about glazes. Icing, pudding, yogurt, trigger my gag reflex, make me want to throw up. So my whole life, it's much easier to say somebody, hey, I don't like cake. Sorry, I'm not going to have cake at the birthday party. Sorry to disappoint. Because it's better to say that than, no, sorry, I don't want your sugar mud and then make me fucking throw up. Like, and jam. Fuck jam, too. No, whoa, whoa. That whoa, was like fighting words. Listen. Yeah, any, any kind of like slimy fucking garbage, now nah, miss me with that shit, okay? No matter how sugary you make it, it's gross. It's I mean, gross. I Just will... the baked good. This is why brownies are the best fucking dessert. Because you don't have to ice them and they're perfect. I will hard agree with you on icing Fuck. yeah absolutely Fuck icing um my god yogurt is too much of a staple in my diet to fully agree I with you love yogurt. i i i love yogurt what about like sour cream no okay so okay hold on hold on there's a very, the sour cream listen ranch in the, it, 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 it it changes from when it's the sole food to being in the dip category because as soon as it's like a dip or something but like that you get a chip it's not the sole food no, but icing. Okay, so the thing is, is that okay? There's a ratio. There you there's go. a ratio, right? Yeah. You dip a chip in queso or sour cream or ranch or something like that. The chip absorbs it. It creates a nice mulchy <laughs> texture in your mouth, for lack of a better term. No, 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 it's no, a no, good flavor no. combination. It's it's good. It also, it also has to do with the sweetness. Like I don't have a huge sweet tooth here as well. Okay. I, okay. The chip is but the vehicle also, for like, the dip. You no, know, and that's fine because, but also, <laughs> but lots, also of, <laughs> lots of dips are thicker. But the thing is, is that a, a moist, crumbly, good cake when mixed with icing just takes on more of the icing texture. And it's just and it mud. Just, it's, and it turns into <laughs> mud and it tries to choke me out. Follow, I don't you think will not see me die to cake. Follow up question. <laughs> Views on Dairy Queen. Queen ice cream cake. You're a magnifique, perfect. When perfect. I was, right. At least we agree that when I, when I wasn't he, vegan, he'll like uh, brigadero. When I wasn't vegan and I worked at the children's play place, people would forget their ice cream cakes all the time. So I would just take home little kids' ice cream cake and it'd be like <laughs> "Happy <laughs> Birthday," and it would have like a name on it because it was all cut up. And we we would give them three days. We would call them every single day and say, "Hey, you forgot your cake here." Hey, you forgot your cake here. And on the third day, it was fucking go nuts time. And I would, I would bring nice. home ice cream cakes all the time. I love ice cream cakes from DQ. Yeah. yeah but, so good. Yeah. But, okay. So CC's asking for chocolate cake with his wish spell. Is it no, like an end of actually, supply or just like one like, giant chocolate cake? the question that led to this? Yes. One Sorry, wish spell. But yeah. Oh. Icing bunk. I love cake. Cake is great. Oh my God. Kate, the question is the characters are given a wish spell. CC. Would probably wish for icing not to exist anymore. <laughs> you're so no, you're self-insert. I feel like CC. I feel like CC would love icing though. CC would eat icing with a spoon. Yeah. Yeah, he probably would. CC. Uh, He's just disgusting. <laughs> I love him. I think CC would honestly wish for just people to be happy or something like that. Oh. Or like, or like, or he would I he think... would accidentally fuck it up. He would be like, "Oh, I sure wish I knew what to think of," and then he would come up with a perfect wish, but then he had just spent his wish. <laughs> I think he would wish that he could be in Cool Runnings. Oh, that's a good one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would a, be make the a fifth cool, member cool of the bobsled <laughs> team. Yeah. <laughs> there was a time when the answer for Asher was, I want my hand back. <laughs> if we're talking about Asher at the end of the arc, um, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound very cynical, but that's just like Daniel's way of phrasing it. Asher is much more upbeat and positive about this, but that people are just less shitty. Yeah, that's fair. Like, 
almost in a way like <laughs> Asher kind of wishes for the outcome where superheroes aren't needed. Mm. Nice. I think that's the best way to phrase that. Yeah. I was going to say something similar. I was going to say that everyone would just get along. Interdimensional peace. Not just world peace. peace. Earth. <laughs> just Not just world peace. <laughs> Interdimensional peace. Fair. Atticus. Wow. All these are super noble. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. If Tracy was like given a wish spell, she would be like, oh, fuck. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. I better not fuck this up. I, I think, I mean, you know, by the end of it, United's whole goal was to bring people together and to unite people. Um, if I'm going to be brutally honest, I think he would have a hard time not wishing for Atticus Sr. to come back. The OG one. The OG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Round yeah. two of this question. What's your selfish wish? But is that a selfish wish? Like, I, no, it's not. Right? But, like, that's, but it's a I tough said question. I want my hand back. What's your non-noble <laughs> wish? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my non-noble wish is I want my fucking hand back. That's fair. Okay. I got a question here. This is for, uh, uh, this is also from, from No Name. Um, for Papa Jack, how did Zenith, how did Zenith, Zenith work mechanically? Like, how was he upgraded and power in power each time he absorbed another Malcolm? And how did that change his character sheet? And how many armor points did he have in that last battle? Okay. So uh, there's a couple, I, there's actually a couple questions like this, I think. Um, there's another one about how I go about designing villains. And like I kind of said earlier, it does make more of a sense narratively. Like, I have in mind the powers they have for example um and one of the easiest things to do is go off of the people in the book so like i could just take titan to start out with and just start really really upgrading him and realistically the number of like armor points that zenith had was however many until it was narratively satisfying that the armor was overcome to be completely honest like in in a rough idea in my mind, I had like like five hundred, and then I think they surpassed that in like one hit or something like that, or in like a couple of hits. And I was like, "Well, that's not a one and done hit on like the most powerful person in the Chromaverse is not narratively satisfying." So it's like this is like where it comes back to like the idea of kind of fudging numbers and and, and things like that because it's it 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 needs to make good for the story over the good for mechanics. So the funny thing on that is that Jack the episode before or like after recording said to us no one hit kills (laughs) and then he gives us all the stamina in the world and we're like eight times stamina jack's like like, shit well that's because the 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 previous kind of final boss was the queen and the (laughs) queen was like one hit like I didn't have a direct idea of how many HP the queen had right like mechanically speaking I don't have like a number on the top of my head where it's like okay well the queen dies or the queen is defeated at this point of damage right but also at the same time even if I felt narratively like that fight should have lasted longer, I'm not going to pass up on the opportunity to have a fucking tree grow. Right? <laughs> like, right? like, it's it, kind like, of the Indiana Jones, like if like the the sword versus pistol fight. Exactly. Right. Like, like it's, there comes a point where you just got to let it happen. Exactly. Like I'm not going to take away player agency by saying like, oh, yeah, she like faster than the tree is growing. She's just munching on it and eating it like 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 that doesn't make any sense. Like and that's just is like displeasing to the player so yeah i had a 
quick Zenith question. Like the first time we saw him when we got our asses handed to us and then Cece uh, came and saved us. Hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. Had, you, <laughs> had you even written up a character sheet or it's just like, no, you're going to lose this fight. No, I like you knew, go in knowing powers, but like, had I you feel even like I, I, sorry, really quick. I really hate the idea of it supposed to be. This is just a fight you're supposed to lose because that feels like railroading to me. But also at the same time, I feel like very often people forget about the idea of like retreat and running away and things like that. And just think that mm-hmm. when it comes to it, it's just like every fight is meant to be won or lost type of thing. Or And then as soon as like people were starting losing, like, oh, this is just a fight we're not supposed to win. And it's like, well, that's not necessarily true because you can win in other ways than just defeating the villain. Mm-hmm. You can win to fight another day. It counts as a win in my book, him right? into space in the last one for so we could get a break. Exactly, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Click respite. So in that case, I, I, I think I took Titan's, pardon me, I think I took Titan's character sheet and I just beefed him up a little bit. Um, mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it really was meant to be not necessarily like a fight that you're supposed to lose, but a fight that he wasn't was, supposed to be defeated in. It's not a fight that he was supposed to be defeated in or a fight that he was, or you were supposed to lose. It was a fight to make you scared and to make you like, mm. oh shit, this guy means serious business. Mm-hmm. Right? It right. worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked real well. Yeah, I feel like going back to people forgetting about the fact that we can run away from a fight. We get so into the fights that you mm-hmm. throw at us that we're like, okay, let's 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 fight. We get kind of like this tunnel vision, which is like a cool thing for for a DM to do. I think because we're so into it that we forget about other options. We're just like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, this is so cool, and that's what happened a lot in 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 this. Uh, uh, campaign. We were just like, "Oh, this is so cool!" Yeah. Oh, well, that that's another thing as well. Where where it comes into more narrative over mechanics is that like if we did every single fight as a legitimate fight from the book, the combat episodes would be like three to four hours long. Like, the, oh, yeah. like we very actually rarely went into a second round or even a third round of combat when normally playing at a table. You probably go into like a, a third or fourth, even a fifth, depending on mm-hmm. like how how beefed up the villain, how many people you're fighting, things like that. So there was always a balance towards narratively, but also thinking about the time of the episode and the like the runtime, like how, mm-hmm. how we're doing, um, gauging interest. And I think yeah. also so it's, it's, it's a huge balancing act on top of mechanics in general. Oh, yeah. Even just like using recoveries. Like, I don't think we used many recoveries because yeah. we didn't go into those like third or fourth combat rounds yeah, yeah those I were always, always forget like to between use... like there were a few in combat but those were mostly between combat rounds yeah exactly i would always just use like one recovery i had four to spare and i never really used them which was um this kind of falls i think under the same umbrella of like narrative versus mechanics of the game um for jack and the rest of the cast how much xp did everyone get from miss checks I don't even remember. Yeah, I genuinely was keeping track of this at least up until level three, I think. But also, <laughs> um, the thing is, is that I think in the book there is a, a, a section for like you must hit X amount of XP um, to, to level, level up. up. Yeah, there is there is proper. We level just numbers. didn't play the game that way. We played milestone, which is like yeah, mm-hmm. this is yeah. It, it, it comes back to to narrative over over mechanical, and it's just that narrative leveling up is far more engaging and satisfying over a long form play. Mm-hmm. It's telling a story 
in my opinion. So then I have a follow-up question for that. If you're going to play Milestone, which I quite enjoy, what's the equivalent of gaining XP from a missed check? Because there is an, air quotes, advantage to it in the numbered system. I think if you wanted to play more narrative Milestone, one of the reasons why I always made sure to say, even though we weren't playing mechanical with an actual XP amount was more so a reminder for people listening when they're mm-hmm. playing. It's just like, yes, when you fail, you do get XP because I didn't want to mm-hmm. like them to think that that was a mechanic that was dropped. But I think what could have happened if you did that and you wanted to do milestone and you were not playing with XP, if you do a missed roll for the next time you use that skill, just get a plus one because it's like you're, you're, you're oh, thinking, cool. you're focusing up to probably... I would say like depending on, on, on how much extra you want to go, say a plus one all the way up to like a major advantage to a plus five at maximum. So it's just like, and even if you're continuously failing, then like you still have that rolling plus five until you get it next time. And then that could probably reset every... And once you get a success, then it resets. Or it even resets on a session, like a new session. Oh, I was going to say like every just, not round of combat, but every combat encounter. Because it makes sense that like if you're air quotes practicing something within the fight that you have it for that fight. Mm -hmm. And then you need to reacquaint yourself with it in the future exactly yeah so or like yeah, during if the session go if it's just more milestone in narrative i would say that have like a rolling small bonus okay i like that or even if you just kept track of like how many fails because i know that that this is only something that ever actually happened once in the podcast but with the milestone leveling up um you said it at the beginning and it only ever happened once where one of us leveled up before anyone else kind of a thing yeah so like if you kept just kept track of like how many times you 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 sucked? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, something. Yeah, just a small bonus. Um, question from a listener: With the podcast season session over, how do you feel about playing a tabletop for a crowd instead of one for yourself? Do you find yourself censoring more or considering the fans' reaction to things done or said, either in game or out? I give no shits. That's a great. That's a great question. It's a great question. It's a great question. I, yeah. I, 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 I be me. I, I think I've mentioned this before. I don't actually listen to this podcast, bro. <laughs> um, and, and so I think in a way I've been able to keep just playing this game as if like mm-hmm. I'm playing with the four other people in this room. Um, I'd be curious to do it live. Um, but I don't think I censor myself any more than I just do in my regular everyday life. No, Emily censors you when she when she's doing post. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> okay, there's been like one or two very... Yeah, if you don't listen, you don't know that I actually cut out all of your jokes. <laughs> you've, actually, you've, actually, you've actually appeared in about 34 of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that tracks. Um, yeah. My only thing would be I would I would budge a lot less because i feel like if it was live i would probably want to show roles and things like that like make it like mm. like a b cam or something like that where mm-hmm. you could see like important mm-hmm. roles something like that and it's like that'd be cool it, like it would become more like the focus is still on narrative but it would become more mechanical i feel like true it would also depend sense. if it was a long yes. a long like a long campaign or if it was a one shot because i feel like one shots tend to get a little rowdier yeah difference well, um, difference between yeah. a live show and a live stream like a live broadcast like i bet you on critical role they fudge rolls all the time but i bet mm-hmm. you in their live shows it's a lot less of the live shows are super fun to watch they're really fun to watch and they, it's so cool to 
watch the players' reactions to roles and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I critically I, failed this. And they uh, like, I watched one get at- this huge uh, uh, reaction to failing at a very important point of the story. I watched really one cool. at PAX in 2018. I forget who it was, but I remember one of the, it was D&D. And one of the characters was just being a shit. <laughs> and, As you do. As one does. And I think that at some point. We, we call that pulling a Cardoso. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Um, and the GM just had an NPC stab him for like 70 points of damage. Oh my God. In D&D, which is like massive. All of it. Huge. Yeah. Depending on the level. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, generous. it like knocked him on and his ass and he's like dying for the rest of the episode. Little baby, baby <laughs> sorcerer boy. But those are fun. I like being in like a, a podcast environment because it feels like we're still playing for ourselves. The mm. audience in a way is kind of like a, it's still in the back of our Fly mind. Wall kind of a thing. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like doing it in front of other people i kind of have to like i think a lot and i overthink a lot and i feel like being in the room with to uh, with with the people that i'm comfortable with it feels more natural to me than being in front of other people um so i like that. that yeah I think a live show. Yeah, I think like Jack said, like live show versus live stream as well. I think that like if I was doing like a live show with like an actual audience in front of me, not just like a webcam, then like, yeah, I, I would get very stressed. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I would talk a lot. I think I would be just like doing my doing my thing, doing my roles. And then I, I, I respectfully disagree. I think that no, of- no, 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 no. I just I think that. <laughs> And it, because I've worked with you so many times ah! for in a director mm-hmm. performer situation, mm-hmm. and I think all of us may feel that. And I'm not saying this directly to you. <laughs> I disagree with you. Amanda. You're, you're pointing no. at me and staring think, you down. I think it's like anything. I think that I remember back because I I do listen to it and I and I analyze it and all that kind of crap. <laughs> um, I think back to the first couple of episodes that we did it, and Jack and I talked about this. We were like. You know, because we had done practice games before that. Mm-hmm. But when we started recording, you listen to those episodes. We were pretty stiff. Like, oh, there wasn't, oh, oh yeah. Right? yeah. And so it took a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by respectfully disagreeing. I think it would just be, I think it'd be a gas to play this live uh, and have people right there and get the reactions. Like I listened to like the Adventure Zone shows live and stuff and the reactions they get from the crowd. It's no different than than doing live theater. Like it's just. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, right? I said I'd be very so, anxious, but I would I would be probably off my rocker fucking crazy during it like oh for sure oh yeah like, i'm just I think, manic I, yeah i think <laughs> i think prior i think it would be the most nervous nerve-wracking thing ever but once you got into it i think you'd be great i think it'd be awesome but in terms of like how we conducted ourselves here i just i just kind of played for the sake mm-hmm. of playing and didn't yep. think about the audience not that i don't it love was, y'all uh, the audience was kind of like a little it, it was in the back of our mind my talking like talking about me it was definitely like in the back of my mind a lot, but I'm playing a game with four other people that I really enjoy playing games and I admire. So mm-hmm. I just that was my my focus when I was playing. Yeah. Just I, enjoying yeah. myself with the with these four lovely people. I didn't really consider like the fans reaction until I would say like I'm editing and in which case <laughs> it's too late to change shit then. Mm-hmm. Like I hope I hope they like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Don't find any questions. It was really interesting to see people's reactions to things that happened in the podcast. Like afterwards, I, yeah, I do, going, yeah. into the going, Discord. Going to the it. Discord and like so seeing someone comment about something that happened in the podcast and they're like, yo, this is really cool. And I was like, oh, I didn't actually think yeah. about that when we were playing. Can we just give a, a shout out, a shameless plug to our Discord? It's such a cool community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. yeah. I, I love, love waking up on guys. Mondays and reading all the latest issue chat yeah. stuff. It's great. Uh, and actually, in, in the same vein, I'm just going to jump on with this other question by the same, uh, the same person here. Yeah, it says in the same vein, now with the game out, how do the creators feel about other Legends RPG podcasts possibly coming up? And the cast, Ooh. how do you feel about your characters possibly, possibly being played by others? Because, of course, they are included in the mm-hmm. book. I think that's great. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's great. 100%. If you get more popular than us, we'll shut it down. But um, <laughs> season to season. Yeah, so just uh, just kind of keep yourself a fucking check there. But uh, no, no, no. I think absolutely, absolutely amazing. Invite us all to come guest on it. And um, Dusk yeah. Fox is mine. None of y'all are allowed to touch it. Oh, uh, but Mercury, no, on the other hand, yeah, Mercury, you played the hell out of. <laughs> no, go for it. I I love that idea. Yeah. I think if 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 the, if like the PCs were our characters, that'd be kind of weird. But if if our if like the Dynamo showed up as NPCs, I think that'd be cool. Yeah. No, I I actually like the idea of somebody taking like the level five, ten, fifteen no. sheets yeah. of, <laughs> of my character and running yeah, no, that's with fair. it. Seeing another version of your character I out there, I love that idea too. That's pretty cool. It yeah. makes me a little emotional because it's like it's something that it's our little brain babies, right? Yeah. And knowing and. You know, thinking that people actually like the characters that we created, yeah. it's... I love the idea of <sighs> just listening to somebody else, their version of our sandbox. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, that'd be totally cool. Just think of um, uh, just think of when somebody else plays your character as it's just, just in another dimension of the Chromaverse. It's just a different version of it. Yeah, them. okay. Um, and I think that this is like, to also add on... Are any of you open to paying voice acting roles? Yes, give me your possibly money. Possibly <laughs> outside of the podcast space. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Are you me a job? Give uh, yeah. us your money. Um, I don't know if got... this is common knowledge, but my biggest claim to fame is actually being the Jacket. English dubbed voiceover of a Panasonic uh, online <laughs> ad campaign when I was like eight years old. And then so, his voice changed, and he didn't get uh, any more voice been acting here, roles. Done that, and yeah, so I'm actually a retired voice actor. <laughs> Um, and also a bunch of pilots that never saw the light of day. Yeah. Because some we pilots all, don't get picked up. We all, well, the four of us work in theater. Mm-hmm. And so we are absolutely horrors for anything. <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable with that sentence <laughs> that right. my dad just said. <laughs> I would actually. But where's the lie? Yeah, it, I know. It, it's funny because it's like, yes, my voice changed and I didn't do it anymore, but I definitely had other interests and things like that but since doing this like the interest has been peaked for me again this mm. too i don't think like in person performing the on-screen performing i always get uber uber nervous about but like voiceover work voiceover work so I'm, much more, fun. I'm more and more interested in yeah if you can contact my agent uh <laughs> yeah. yeah no i i yeah i love voice acting i love all acting but voice acting is is fun yeah i love it um this kind of is circling <laughs> back to the last question, but I think in a very similar vein. What do you think about people modding your characters into things like RimWorld, Sentinels of the Universe, XCOM, and the like, with possible stolen voice lines? I am not cool enough to know what any of those things are. I know. I was, gonna say, I was hoping someone at this table knows oh, no. what those are. So Sentinels of the cool. Multiverse used to be a superhero trading card game, and then they had a video game version of it. And then they actually had an RPG version of it, um, which came out last year, the year before that, I think. Um, 
dope. Yeah, don't don't yeah. mind. I think I think uh, if I mean I don't hold the copyright on any of this. Uh, two people at this table do, but yeah. I'm cool as far with as it. like a copyright <laughs> and like trademark goes, like we're not going to ask you for like licensing fees and stuff like that. <laughs> but unless you're making a commercial product, you're going to pull an Unreal kind of thing. When it when it comes to like modding and like making it for community driven content and stuff, and it's free, it's like credit where credit is due. I would say. Um, mm-hmm. but, but past that, I would be open to it because basically we're very small potatoes and anything getting out there is kind of worse in our favor for advertising. So, yeah, the lot, la- the, the, the part of the question, this is possible stolen voice lines. I'm like, I would need more clarification. Yeah, <laughs> like, like if someone like just ha- pulls our, like samples our voices from this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't feel super comfortable with that. If it's on a commercial uh, well, platform? this is what I'm saying. Like, if it's if it's commercial based, get in contact with us first because we that's a policy that we haven't come up with. Um, but if it's if it's free, if it's like a mod for a game or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, or where it's it's free to use, and it's like just like uh, tag uh, us. Uh, heads up is nice, but like credit where you got it from, and like it's you yeah, probably yeah, credit where credit's due. Tag us. Yeah, gonna... we, want, we want to see it as well. It's not about like oh, yeah. you better make sure that you tell them where it came from. But it's like I want to, I want to see what I want to see it. Yeah. and let us know if you use our voices because yeah. it's our voices. Yeah, tag me on Instagram because I got my Instagram back. So yeah, she did. Heck yeah, Jack. Yes, seeing as regicide is perma dead. Will we ever learn what the fallout uh, is of the hunt being interrupted? Um, Final game assumes there is one since it was suggested that this was a set in motion by a higher power. This was my like if there was an avenue that I wish we explored in season one, it was this. Is is he permanently dead? Well, that's that's the thing. I think he it was a different different dimensions regicide. I mean, is permanently dead because United him did make him into like a 2d yep. version of himself mm-hmm. i will say and this did not make it and i didn't add it but i kind of regret and i wish i did in the playpen i was going to add just watching from like a window of a cell and like a, a hospital bed hooked up to an IV and stuff like a completely like charred and like oh, damn. very like skeleton husk looking easter egg of regicide in the playpen was very very slowly recuperating i think regicide is still out there and would come back eventually i don't know if um he would be back in time to get dynasty because um well it's always going after dynasty but the current iteration of dynasty or what but uh i wanted to leave the open-ended for potentially one shots or stuff in the future but, the other thing but we have to remember side, we'll be honest he's out there the other the 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 big thing we have to remember it's a comic book universe mm-hmm. he would come back all the time yeah. yeah um similar question also from final game final game has a lot of questions about like just hanging threads here yes um <laughs> fine. what happened with the olympus group storyline i still want to know what was the social and political result of minerva drawing the spear and what happened to the rest of her dot 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 clones there's more to this question, but I think that's a good place to start. So the social and political result of Minerva drawing the spear, I think that probably because she gets destroyed in Olympus all the time. Mm-hmm. I think what probably happened most likely is within a week 
a fake spear was probably up and cemented <laughs> into the monument. And, and like, uh, that's what I imagine. Like you like a really, really, really long piece of rebar, like cemented so far into the earth um, as a fake spear. Cause it's a, it's a cultural landmark mm-hmm. and icon. Yep. And there were are rumors of mm. somebody smashing it and stealing it or something like that. And like, Hey, that person who's now going by Minerva in this in this team in Canada has a very similar looking spear and like and stuff like that. So lots of mm-hmm. like lots of rumor mill type of things that's never been uh, outright confirmed. And as for the new Pantheon, um, I don't think I don't think it ever went fully public as to what it was. So the new Pantheon is still out there and they replaced. I believe we said that they replaced uh, Athena with Artemis instead. Mm-hmm. And New Pantheon is still a team out there. Um, probably after like a little bit of experimenting with the the first versions of them out in the public eye, they probably take a little bit of a step back and a more like emergency use type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not outwardly like public superhero team anymore. Like it was kind of a not a failed experiment, but kind of a, a bite off more than you can chew type of thing. I think by the Olympus group thinking that they could manage their own genetically engineered superhero team. And instead it's like a break glass in case of emergency style thing. Nice. And I think that clones or like new versions of them would probably be made on like a case by case basis now. And like, save for like the one reserve team they have, the rest are in like cold storage somewhere and all Mm. the machines and stuff still work, but they're Mm. not constantly making new ones. Okay. From our favorite barber, Brennan. I'm sorry I didn't get a haircut with you, Brennan. <laughs> uh, is there a moment that you wish you could redo from the first season or a way you wish things happened differently? The collective. Huh. The I quick follow-up question, but on that, uh in the in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I I oh I I think we <laughs> stamped it out. <laughs> um that that possible thread line out very quickly, um, which I know that that's not that's not like something that I wish that I could one hundred percent redo, um, but that I think is the I um a uh, <laughs> the what could have been moment in the alternate dimension of seeing, um, oh my god, what's his name? I forgot what I named Jeff. Him. Jeff. Jeff. Seeing Jeff in like the tubes and stuff. Yeah, and I think that's um, an example of like on the macro scale, like that could have had big time implications. But then mm-hmm. you as a character did not want it. And I'm not going to force you yeah. to have this. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I ended up having like a a Jeff type character with Brad. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> so on that note, Anya also asked, when Tracy was getting the collective removed, did you have plans in case she decided to team up with the collective? This is actually for Jack. Um, it's just the way the collective were begging me begging made me think that there was a possibility of a venom situation always a possibility but wouldn't force it Mm -hmm. on emily yeah so like that's another thing like left the end completely open on how it was dealt with and that was the way that tracy wanted to deal with it and that was fine by me but i also think like that was that happened before both of our time skips didn't it Mm -hmm. like so i think even tracy post the first time skip would have kept him but I think that, or sorry, would have would have kept it. Um, but I think that at that point, Tracy was still very much like no, and not as much of into the researching of powers and all that, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that is what I wish I could redo. 
or potentially do differently? For me, a quick missed moment that actually is a perfect example of me repurposing it for later was when y'all were in Ricky's apartment. I forget what arc this was in. Oh, it was like the very first one. Because we went to the theater afterwards. When you went to the theater afterwards. Yeah, I think yeah. I had everybody roll a census contest and I think everybody failed. And I was like, damn, I can't railroad them into this. So you just went to the theater. But if anybody had passed, you would have found a little secret wall switch to have like a Frozone style, like open it up and have the shock value super suit and stuff. And it would have been there. And I got to use it later because it made way more sense to do the kind of... Um, they did the breakout. The, the breakout. The, yeah. and, Blue and Spirit. The yeah. Blue Spirit, like Zuko style, but like a breakout thing. It made way more sense to do it down the line there. Um, which I am grateful that I got to repurpose it in a more pleasing way, but it was there. <laughs> and, and, and it was like, you were so close. <laughs> uh, uh, Abigail's storyline with Ricky would have been different if, yeah. Yeah. if she found Chalk Valley's costume there. Any other, what was it, regrets or missed opportunities? Uh, redos or, redos? Yeah. or, yeah. Uh, can we talk about when we had to uh, re-record uh tracy's episode or no i i think we could talk about that okay we yeah we did the yeah yeah people behind the curtain we we record we re-recorded i guess it was two episodes but one session one session one session the only time in 100 episodes that we re- re-recorded something because that was, of audio issues so we we had to re-record right i think i i'm fine saying that it just it did it, it, it work was a flop. it was a flop of an episode okay. uh, it was a it flop, flop of two episodes of a couple episodes there was a lot of miscommunication there was a lot of and it was not something that any of the five of us were proud to like put a stamp of approval on and mm-hmm. and, and send out so we did a quick re-record and a redo but that was a case where everybody knew where everything was going to go type mm-hmm. of thing i yeah. don't know yeah but we still we still we still rolled though. Like there were things yeah. that happened oh, yeah. the second oh, yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, different things. Yeah, exactly. It, no, but, yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't yeah. like a script. Yeah. It didn't become like a scripted, a scripted episode. Thing, no. We still rolled everything, yeah. and I, I, some I, I, some of the outcomes were different. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there was a couple of funny things that happened in the first in the, in the first, first one yeah. I think that you're talking about. Yeah, that it was, just didn't happen again because of rolls. and that's, the, yeah. The forget the one of the like. Yeah, my 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 big tantrum that I oh, threw. Oh, it was I, so good. I had a very big character tantrum in that so episode good. when we first recorded it, and I almost like fudged my role so we could have it again. But I was like, no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll it yeah. and play the game, and yeah. it didn't happen in the second things, time. There were but... a couple of fun things missed out on, but it made for a, overall to do the redo made for a much better. Where everybody was more comfortable yeah. with oh, yeah. it. That was the, second... the Tracy flashback when we were in space. Mm. Yeah, the Halloween yeah. episode. Funny yes. enough, the first Mr. Malleable episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Asher's flashback episode as well, I wasn't completely fulfilled with. Mm. I wanted him to learn mm. a little bit more of a lesson in terms of like actions. That's a vampire con- one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of like actions have consequences and I feel like he got off a little too easy in that one. That's fair, yeah. Although it, I'm also kind of glad that it nothing too dark happened because like mm. we'd been exploring that a little bit mm-hmm. with Asher so it felt like it would have been too much on the head but it was like, I, I feel like there was probably more of a balance to strike there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair. Overall I think that we're all very proud of the arc that we created with our characters and mm-hmm. it's just one of those moments of what if this happened instead of that that would have been cool to explore yeah. but what I'm, if what if so yeah do you have a redo 
Um, <clears throat> no, not really. Um, I, I think, yeah, there was certainly, you know, roles and things that happened that you wish you could, you know, had turned out differently. But I think just to echo what Amanda said, like a hundred episodes, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's amazing. Just, I say this all the time to think about this, you know, this little game that Jack and I started five, six years ago now. And, you know, we've not only published the book and have the book and people can play it, but we've also done this. Like it's yeah crazy. And it's just, I've enjoyed absolutely every minute of it. So yeah. This is the longest campaign I've ever participated in and it's fantastic. This is the longest as a, as a performer, as an actor, this is the, this is the longest I've ever played a character. Mm-hmm. Isn't it it's so wild. cool though? It's wild. Almost. And the fact that it's an original character as well. It's uh-huh. not like a script that someone's given you that you're like going on and playing like Alphabet and Wicked every like for two years. <laughs> like anyone is going to do that. Every night. But like it's, it's yeah. something completely different and it's improv and it's, it's long form improv. Very, it's very. very long form. Yeah. We ended up with almost like five days worth of content. I believe if I did my math right. That's like, that's awesome. Like hours wise. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm amazing. When we were, when we were in like the sixties, we had, we were already over like three days. So yeah, it was just being a bit over like an generally on average, a bit over an hour. It's like about like five days worth of. Look at us go. This is so cool. Segways nicely into final games. Um, how do you guys feel about saying goodbye to these characters? Are mm. you looking forward to making new ones? I am okay saying goodbye to Asher, at least for now. Um, might come back to him in the future. I will say I did have a secondary character or like the concept of a secondary character planned in case we ever did actually kill any characters here. <laughs> I'm so, just envisioning would this have worked if you if your your dark character that you played previous to Asher. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, and I, I never play actually test, got... in a play in a playtest, Daniel was like, I throw this guy off the boat and I just well, kill him. While he was like while he was like um like mind controlled to be like completely still. He's like, yeah, yeah just, I check like, him sink. off the boat in um, the ocean. Really quickly while everybody is 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 thinking about saying goodbye to their characters, how they feel, I just want to say final games, you said looking over this, did you have to drop this to avoid oh I don't know, legal slash copyright disputes and allegations? And I believe you're referring to the new uh, new Pantheon stuff. I honestly I I don't know if no it was just kind of like a loose thread that didn't make sense to like come back to type of thing and I poked fun at that with the Crimson Crusader last line um just at me in the Discord I would love to know like what you were thinking of in terms of if there was like I hope I didn't like rip off anything or any, anything like that you just trying to do my like research beforehand before yeah. introducing any new anything but there wasn't like there wasn't any like copyright mm-hmm. anything like I mean as far as like greek god names go all oh, that's in the public domain yep. and everything. no one contacted so, like, match play games nobody nobody contacted anybody about anything so i don't like i would just love to know where the thoughts towards that that question came from mm-hmm. i'm just curious but yeah how does everybody feel about saying goodbye to these characters i think that abigail has come to a nice place in her life that it's just like okay like time for a new character and i also like it's not it's nothing new i love creating characters so I also had an, a character in my in my brain uh, just in case something happened to her or, you know, it, she came to a nice little place in in her journey where it's just like, yeah, she's OK with I'm OK with dropping her and playing another character. So it's it's all good. I feel like we're all her arc is great where she is right now. I'm very satisfied with the character character that she's become. So yes. Yeah, same here. I yeah, I'm very satisfied with how 
um, Tracy's story just kind of like wrapped up a bit. I feel like she's got stuff to look forward to, but like nothing, hopefully world ending <laughs> or dimensioning, Dim- cloud dimensioning. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to say goodbye because it, like you say, it's been two years, but you know, mm-hmm. even more than that. Um, I wish I had a chance to use my high speed flight power more, but I just got it just recently. <laughs> No, that sounds like a you problem that <laughs> you problem. picked that power so late in the game. <laughs> but we're not and then we're saying like, I'll give it out immediately to Daniel. <laughs> like, we're not yeah. we're not saying goodbye to the universe, right? No, 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 no. Yeah. of course not. Of course not. No. So, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited about new stuff. And and um, uh, it's exciting to know that that he's out there. So, yeah, I have a follow up question as a GM is that I would love to hear really quick, because if Daniel and Amanda already have side ideas, what everybody's. If you backup had to, been? if you had to make like what your backup character would have been, like if, if, if all of a sudden, oh, and like, and I, I, I would like to be very clear. I was never opposed, theoretically never opposed to a character death, but it would have had to be like really, really, really specific and mm-hmm. really, really, really narratively makes sense. Yeah. There was a couple of moments where I almost was like, mm, and then I was like, no, I don't actually think that that's like kind of an earned thing. Mm-hmm. So you have there, to earn it for sure. So there was a possibility at some point about a year ago that I would have had to leave the podcast. Yes. Uh, we talked about this. We mm-hmm. talked about oh, yeah, this. Oh um, And I was going to push hard for Asher to die. And I, I haven't told you guys this, but I, because I was going to tr- surprise you on the day. I wasn't going to tell you when I was going to die. I like Jack and I would have planned this. Um, and I would have made Asher actively choose it in order to save somebody here. Yeah. It would like, have had to it be like, like a very earned type It would have been like, no, he's like, it, it would have been a slow moment too. It was like, no, pick me instead. And, yeah, and Tracy and Tracy and would have gotten what she wanted, like, which is Asher being dead. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Okay, yeah. So, backup but, character. Do but, not put those words in my mouth. <laughs> you shit. But my backup character is like very much on the opposite end of like where I said Asher was like that kind of he his powers are feasibly air quotes real. This character, I think the concept was that like he's Don like Don Rabbit. <laughs> I think he was like the last surviving survivor of like a massive genocide of his race that I was going aliens with this. Oh yeah. Mm. But that he had some connection to a higher power in a way or like mm. like that the higher mm. power would act through him but it was always chance. Mm. That's cool. But kind of, so, like a little moon nightish. A, l- a little but there was also like a Harvey Dent like literally okay, just cool. rolling like yeah, I remember you talking about that like, character. Yeah, like if a D20 landed on an odd, I would make this choice. Like Interesting. forks in the road okay. kind of thing. Interesting. Ah, that's so cool. That's cool. Uh, Jack and I talked about this character a little bit. Uh, the Mimic and Shapeshifter. Oh, yes. And um, yeah, it's always like I created the character... Uh, Sheet and Jack and I talked about it. I actually gave the character's name yes, to. I used with with permission the g- name of Parallel, which I loved. To the you'll see in the book the Caper team, the B Squad is their team leader is Parallel because she mimics the the powers of the other people on the team. Yeah, but my character would have been a mimic and uh, a shapeshifter, and I was 
Yeah, I I didn't really have like a, a like a background for that character yet, but I really wanted I really liked the idea of having a character that would just be able to, you know, mimic other people and almost like having like a polyjuice potion in a way and like be able to fool other people and be like a jokester. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be the super cyclone. <laughs> that, that character already exists on a different team. What's your point? He, right. He's 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 universal. I actually thought um, <laughs> that I would I would be Pop Rocks. <laughs> but, yes! <laughs> um, but um, I actually honestly though I probably would have pulled out like Ultraviolet or Glitch because I yeah. fucking love both of them. They're yeah. both mm-hmm. so fucking cool. Um, that makes yeah. sense. If I had to, I would want to make somebody completely different. Um, and so I actually had made this character slash characters and we played it once in a, in a one shot just for ourselves. And that was, um, slapstick and pratfall, um, <laughs> who, who just had no real powers other than guard the art guardian power, but they had all sorts of gadgets and exploding gum and squirting flowers. And they were like clowns. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so cool. yeah, they were a lot of fun. I probably would have also like revamped uh, my character from the playtest. The uh, what's her oh, name? Rachel Green. Yeah, Rachel Green. <laughs> nice. There's an alien. She was an alien. Yeah. I have uh, I have one here um, from uh, Final Game. Um, it's for the group at large. Okay. Mm-hmm. But particularly Emily. Oh no! After that final battle, have you learned to always check that your buffs are active before confronting the big bad? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Legends of Super <laughs> No, I'm so mad about that. Like, why? <sighs> now imagine I, 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 that, that reaction. It made, it made sense. It was so good. It was so good. It was so good. And I gotta say, I gotta say, so so final final game DM'd me privately, and because he had a, a secret, this secret question he wanted to ask. Yeah. So this is not in our questions for the whole that the whole group have access to the Google sheet. Uh-huh. And he says afterwards, I fully admit this is me teasing Emily. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he's just teasing, wow. but yeah, that's, that's Thank so good. You for that's that. so good. Now imagine uh, that reaction live with an audience so, and everything. That so would have been so cool. Uh, this so is why my armor was a passive thing and I never had to turn it on. It was great. Um, kind of, uh, in that vein, uh, from D- Demetrius Aberry five, I hope I said, all of that right or like put the right emphasis in the right places emphasis emphasis, emphasis. I, right syllables yep um what was your biggest difficulty when making the season finale that <laughs> that made me so upset um the math honestly honest to goodness yeah. all of the math, <laughs> math in the season like y'all don't understand I, how long was that episode oh yeah an hour and a half yeah keeping track of hit that points episode when it came out stamina was i edited it down to 57 minutes and three seconds it was about an hour and a half i cut out over 30 minutes of math. <laughs> like, yeah. Math. Math the is fact hard. That I had to pull out exponents to do math in that one. Yeah. Uh, so many dice. Oh, so yeah. We dice. were 100% using digital dice rolls. Yeah. For a lot of that. To do the math. <laughs> we all use, yeah, we all use regular dice until we started like. Really? 12D, 12D10. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, there was a follow-up question that I that I saw earlier. Give me one sec. I'll throw it out here. I can't remember if you got this. So this is um this is from from No Name. Um, what is everybody's favorite moment of all of season one? 
It I, sucks to know that we peaked when Tracy kicked Tom in the balls in like the first couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's gonna be up there. I don't like. I I got so, there was a few episodes there where I got so many nat twenties, and it was so it was so nice. Anytime I made somebody cry, it was so great. <laughs> Me every session. I I got so many nat twenties, and then they just never happened ever again. I, um, I don't I, know. Favorite I moment. Think I, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm I'm thinking. I think I have two, and they're from basically the same episode. Um, right as Asher is about to lose his hand, Jack drops his mic so that it's off recording, and he says, "Can I like do something that's really going to mess you up?" I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> and so that that was a great moment, just like live in the space, and then also, I think it was probably the next episode or something like that when we're like on the train cart. Mm-hmm. And someone says, "Don't jump off," and I jump off. <laughs> yeah, just indicative classic. of everything that they do in this show, in this game. Um, my favorite episode to record was the bus episode, the party bus episode. That was a great episode. I feel, I feel like that came up after a conversation that I think we had um, after recording one day about how we hadn't done a lot of rescuing people <laughs> lately. Like we were doing a lot of like yeah. missions and going out on patrol and stuff, but like that, I, I. Loved that episode. I think I felt the most like a like a superhero in that episode. Uh-huh. Um, because we saved people as opposed to like we saved people that we could see and who had names as opposed to the dimension as a whole. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. More personal. Yeah. My, uh, my, yeah. One of my favorite parts of that episode is when Jumpstart jumped into the exoskeleton. Fuck, that was good. Everybody <laughs> looked at me and was like, oh, fuck he's gonna like puppeteer Tracy and then I was like no Tracy's way too strong for that so he just rips apart he's like a stick figure running around and everybody thought that was poor guy was stuck in a closet though yeah not nice in closets I (laughs) 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 um it is not the door is glass um I don't I don't think I have like a specific moment but every time that we would fully commit to the role playing and to our characters and talk to each other as the characters. I feel like I've, it, it was, I, it was, that was my favorite moment whenever we would just lose ourselves in the moment and just be mm-hmm. as the character. That was, that was always really cool to watch. I have, I have two, one and, and I fully admit Jack got me. It was the reveal that the broker was crazy old Jet. <laughs> oh, fuck. You yeah, that was so good. Bastard. That was so, so I good. You, good no. day, sir. <laughs> fuck, I forgot about that. That was so good. That is. That I was is, actually thinking that's one regret is that I did not end the episode right then. Is that, that should have been the end of the episode. That, that, just to fuck that's people the, over. That was the ultimate. That was in, so in our good. History, in our history of gameplay, that was the ultimate of anything. That was the ultimate mic drop moment. Um, the other moment that I really, really liked, um, and I loved any time the cinematic, you know, nature of, of stuff came through, it was on the, the alien planet where we were coming back and after you jumped off and then got back on and stuff and that final ending moment where we all contributed and basically stood when we came crashing back in to liberate all the other heroes and stuff. And all the heroes (laughs) had died. Yeah. The other heroes had died and everything. And and everybody had a had a role in taking out that that imp noble and we just it was more of a 
yes, it was a kick-ass moment, but it was more of a fucking awesome, charismatic. Mm-hmm. It, that is another perfect moment where it's like I had planned for it to be like a humongous fucking fight, like all the heroes against yep. like all the imps and stuff. And I was like, well, no, this, we've established that the the like one in the hierarchy would be over and everybody rolled for it and everybody got it. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. It's way cooler. Like, that's really like cool. the perfect, like it was, well, that's a perfect example of the collaborative yeah. storytelling to make something mm-hmm. way better. Yeah. I just love that stuff. Like, I mean, you know, we're all in theater. We all have the, the imaginations for all this and these big cinematic type moments. I just think are, that's, that's the coolest thing. Uh, Papa Jack, how long were you planning that closing line? So I did say this in the Discord, but it was basically since CC was introduced. Not, not since he was introduced, <laughs> but since I knew that he was going to stick around for a while, I they like immediately popped on my mind. And I was like, no matter what, I was like, even if I have to railroad this, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. <laughs> that has to, that, that's going to be something that he says. Um, cause I felt like that would wrap it up in a nice little cringy CC bow. <laughs> I love it. It wasn't cringy at all. It was just, it was, beautiful. It was, it was great. It was, it was a great it way was to a end beautiful, the arc. beautiful moment. Uh, um, there's also, um, from one of our, one of our listeners with the season done, what are the chances of putting the audio on YouTube? Are there oh, legal hurdles with um, the ads or something? No, it's just not really time it's, time. Yeah. It's, also, it's not really something we've talked about. So. Also YouTube being visual medium. Well, it would just mean that I would be sitting in Premiere Pro and putting the audio in and putting like an image on it, which is fine. It's just something that like audio thingies. I would probably just do the logo even. But like it it would just Mm -hmm. be a time like our episodes are so long. It would take a lot of time just to like export all of that. But like I think Mm -hmm. it would be doable. It would just be time. Just a project to work on. Yeah, right. What are the most powerful power sets and powers that work well together? This is a question from Storm Knight. That Hi, Storm actually Knight. was hey, Storm Knight. behind my original thought of the broker was the power set of mimicry and empowerment together is like hella powerful. Like mimicry upgraded to being power recall. So just basically just like you can see see and do and then you can lend it out to other people is, is muy delicioso. I've been saying this for a few episodes now, but if you take A-tier stamina and A-tier strength as your starting powers, it won't necessarily, it won't get you more XP or sorry, um, more points to get powers down the line, but your growth potential for Mm. ginormous hit points, stamina, and just hand-to-hand damage Mm. is dumb. It's ginormous. I've had an idea for, I think this would be a villain. But I'm wondering if you could do life absorption, empowerment, and then something like animal control. And I've had this idea for like an, a villain that like animal controls like flies and then gets the flies to like go land on people and just like suck their life out of them. Oh, that's, that's so cool. Up. <laughs> No, but I was like, if you if you have the right like you're talking about like power combinations that work well together, mm-hmm. like I'm like, if you had it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be life life absorption that's just like if it was a villain i think that that'd be fucking wild um but if you had empowerment and animal control and then you could like combine that and give whatever animals you're controlling yeah, the powers i think that that'd be sick hannah and i came up with a, a villain a while back who um when they touch other people make them age holy and, fuck and we were gonna call them the pickler um, <laughs> <laughs> no um, and it was like more of like a rogue situation because like the air smelled very like briny around them and stuff. Gross. And then, like, like, but like a rogue situation where they couldn't like control stuff. But uh, okay, another question from a listener: 
Where are the GM notes, Jack? The cats didn't destroy them. Don't use that excuse. They're supposed to be on the Patreon. So funny story about the cats. When I got up this morning (laughs) and I opened the bedroom door. So like they're out of their cones. As of Saturday, they're out of their cones. Yay! And I opened up the bedroom door and Oreo ran in and he had both of the cones on. (laughs) Because... We put Wait, them. What? We put them like one cone inside the other and put it on the kitchen table. Oh, no. Right? And I guess he jumped up on the kitchen table in the middle of the night, stuck his head in, and got stuck. Oh. So I was like, my brain like short circuited for a second. I was like, cone, <laughs> like cone. And then I reached down, and because they weren't tied up, you can just like pull it off over his head, but they're yeah. not strong enough. And I pulled, and then the other one was underneath, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Um, GM notes, I will completely fess up to this, is that I've been low-key kind of embarrassed to post them because they're messy and they're bad. And sometimes um, I wrote out like a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to happen and we did it. And other times I actually wrote out the GM notes after the session and I just winged and improvised full sessions instead of writing notes beforehand. And I've realized that it is my job to you that as we said we were going to post them i will swallow my pride and i will get them all posted so hopefully by the time that this episode is up they're actually posted on the patreon i will do a big gm all of them we'll do all of them at once big gm in a week uber dump that's a big promise jack well i just have to control a control c control v (laughs) into a word doc oh you're not going to tidy them up first no i i know i think that they would exist exist best in their full form yeah, maybe and, a PDF them or something. And yeah, so I will I will either make a Google Doc of it or or something like that. And I will and I think that they should exist in their full format as is. And if you have any questions about them, just don't at me. I don't know. Yes, yes, message me if you have any questions about them. But yeah, I will we will get to make sure that they are posted because you're owed those. And I'm sorry that they have not been posted yet. Uh another question from the same listener. Threadless, uh, threadless graphics? Question marks. Did we fix them? Question mark. I love my Papa Jack's hoodie, but it's a little misprinted. Same I, with the magnetics. I think the Papa Jack's hoodie might be a misprint on Threadless's. Not to just like put the blame on someone else, but Jack's wearing his Papa Jack's hoodie right now, and it looks like the placement of it is fine and not. Like, I, I think, think the issue is was that it was too it was low on the back. It was too low. Uh, but oh. if we check the logo, it's not like there's. The idea was that maybe there's dead space at the top of the logo, mm. but there's not. It should just be like a complete square on the box so i do actually unfortunately think that that is on threadless um i can go in though and i'll, I'll i gotta double check all the threadless stuff yeah, i will we'll just double check that, that there's not like dead space for you dead space above that pushes down and then i guess we can segue into are we doing anything for the patreon will they get the new season early maybe i feel like this is a chad question <laughs> um we'll be yeah we'll be reaching out and contacting the patreon people um, directly uh, about mm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So next season. Next season. Oh God, so so Boomer said over. new characters, new setting, new era, new style, performing nude, preview of next <laughs> book, more aliens, hollow earth, legends in space, on the moon. And I feel like the best thing to do is just go, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, already. Uh, <laughs> Thank uh, you. Thank you. <laughs> um, clearly my sense of humor is rubbing off on Jack <laughs> because that was going to be my joke. Preview of next book. Um, eventually, um, more aliens. Who knows? Hollow Earth. Who knows? Like the idea. Legends in space. Always love that. On the moon. That counts as space, in my opinion. So love that. <laughs> Who knows? Exactly. Um, cool. 
Season two, take it away. See so had. this goes back to um, uh, question Morgan asked. General question for everyone. It seems like Atticus, Abigail, Tracy, and Asher uh, have completed their stories for the podcast. Will Chad, Amanda, Emily, Daniel be returning with new characters for season two? No. 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 <laughs> no. no. Um, so yeah, so we'll announce this here. Uh, there will be a season two. Uh, we are going to be taking a bit of a break between uh, this season and uh, and season two. Um, just because we've been going flat out for several years now. Plus, we've got some uh, family stuff going on with uh, with my mom. But um, there will be a season two. And um, we decided also that because we're going to, and this was actually another question on here, mm-hmm. uh, will season two take place in the same universe as season one? Yes, it absolutely will. Um, and uh, so the idea is we will have a new cast for, for season two. Uh, I'll be GMing. And uh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> here's here's twenty dollars. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but the nice thing is is that um, all of the uh, season one players have agreed to come back and maybe guest here and there. And the idea is we're trying to build out a a legends universe. And so we'll have some different players with some different characters. And, an LPU, you uh, might an, an L an LPU. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a Legends podcast universe. That's, that's unfortunate. LPU. LPU. Yeah, like the, like the MCU, but the LPU. Well, this is also coming. Our out mascot of, is Pepe. It Le actually Pio. makes sense because oh God, Legends, no. a superhero story, is Legends ass, and so it just makes sense. That the next thing would be Legends LPU. Well, okay, that's right. You heard it here first, folks. We're going to create an LPU. We're expanding the LPU. We're expanding the LPU. Um. Yeah, our uh, one of our goals is to have we have we have lots of uh, lots of ideas and uh, lots of plans and to expand it out a little bit and have our, some new heroes out and about that happen to maybe one day they'll run into Corey or yes. Impact or the Crimson Crusader or at different uh, stages in their careers. It doesn't exactly. Yeah, exactly. We're not trying to close down. They're not isolated things. Is mm-hmm. what no, not, trying at to say. not at I think, all. I think I think. We, we all know we're big fans of, the, of, of Marvel here. I think the MCU is a great example of this, that they have things like... Um, Long coming into She-Hulk. Yeah, but I was, thinking, yeah. I was thinking even like the fact that Marvel is placed in the 90s and Nick Fury is there, right? Or Yeah, yeah. Ca- Captain Marvel is placed in the 90s. Like, like if, if season two happens a little bit earlier in time, then you might get an impact or you might get a... You, you might get a... a a squire who, depending on the timeline of it, exactly. Kevin Feige, we're coming for your We're coming gig. for your brand, man. <laughs> we're coming for your brand. <laughs> no, so you're gonna wish. No, you, I love you, Kevin Feige. An LPU. Hey, Kevin Feige, if you're looking for uh, for a squirrel, five foot four, for a new IP to bring on, a five foot four uh, brunette Kevin, actor. I Kevin here. Feige. Um, <laughs> can you can you put our resumes on the uh, Patreon? I'm kidding. <laughs> So yeah, we're so, gonna make Kevin Feige go to the paywall <laughs> to get our resumes. So very, Kevin Feige very excited, us. very excited about season two, and uh, we have a little teaser for you here um, that uh, you'll be able to listen to right and, now. Um, right now. We see two figures entering a freight elevator. The taller one supporting the other heavily injured and barely able to walk. Their damaged black tactical armor shows signs of a recent battle. As the doors close, the taller figure reaches for a panel, enters a code, and the elevator begins its descent. The pair is met by four figures when the elevator doors open, all wearing the same black tactical suits. 
their batons crackling with purple energy flowing from the power pack strapped to their backs. The guards step back, allowing them to enter the unlit room. Making their way further into the darkness, a deep voice emanates from every corner. Did you obtain what I wanted? The uninjured figure steps forward to speak. Yes, we found them, but there were complications. A group was waiting for us when we emerged from the vault with the items. They attacked us. Six are dead. We were the only two that made it. What happened to your batchmate? He sustained multiple injuries during the encounter. That is regrettable. Finish him. The uninjured figure pauses for a moment before drawing their own energy baton, and with a swift motion hits their companion, striking them down. Now, tell me what happened to the items. We acquired them without issue, putting them in the secure crates as you instructed, but we were ambushed when we tried to leave. In the middle of the battle, the crates started to glow and then disappeared. Our attackers seemed just as confused as we were. I'm sorry, Director, I don't know what happened to them. That's all right. DG87, I do. Guards! The four guards step up behind DG87 and strike them with their energized batons. DG87 falls to the floor. Perfect. It all went perfect. Wow. Okay. Wow, that was, so that was cool. great. We're that was that later. That was um, so much fun. Yeah, but I, I think I... Does everybody want to do once around the once around the horn before we wrap for, this up? Okay, for, for what? For what? Just roundtable, last words. Any, well... Um, this is the end. Oh, God. Uh, rock on, Legends listeners. I rolled a 19, so it's got to be good then. Um, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. So thank you, Chad and Jack. No, thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, and I, I'll just say this has been this has been the longest project I've ever been on, and this has been quite honestly the most fulfilling project I've ever been on. This has been amazing. So I uh, love you guys, and uh, can't wait to see what comes next. This has been, like I said, this has been my, my like my longest campaign ever. Mm-hmm. Usually, my campaigns just stop in the middle because scheduling, scheduling, and people have things to do. So having this little thing to look forward to every once in a while has been awesome and it made me sane during the pandemic and it was great uh thanks you guys for bringing us on board it was awesome discovering this world with you guys rock on listeners i also just want to give a big thanks to all not only all the people that listen to the podcast but mm-hmm. or who have uh, purchased the game um everybody on the discord it's amazing your support is amazing and uh, we uh, can't wait to see what comes next and uh, hope you stick with us. Absolutely. I, 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 yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, I feel like we're not dying or anything. Like we're still here. No, you can contact us in the discord. We will all yeah, see each other. It's, 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 I don't like to be sentimental. I do it to theater school for emotions. I don't like to use them in real life. Also, <laughs> I, I will say this specifically for myself, but if you want me to respond to anything in the discord, please tag me. That's like the only <laughs> way I see it or message me directly. That's the way I will respond to stuff. I guess in the I have discord. to log on to, to discord. I haven't logged on that in a while. Too. I should do that. Yeah. I will log on right after we finish recording and I will say hello. I just want to say, yeah, uh, we shot out, we shot for a hundred episodes. We crushed a hundred episodes and I'm very proud of everybody here and I'm very excited and happy that we did it. Um, and I think that this is the moment to actually officially say this is 
Thank you for listening to Legends of Superhero Story Season 1. We will be back. It will be awesome. See you soon. Stay vigilant. We did it!